Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Kenny Gong. I'm Connie Chung. I'm Cliff Sang, and we are the founders and partners of Willowmar Real Estate. This is a show for those interested and invested in the world of residential real estate. And in every episode, we sit down for insights and stories and conversations about all things in the real estate market today, running a real estate team in California, and finding our ways as leaders and business partners. And today, we have Connie in the hot seat, and Connie's going to be talking about her major, major house renovation. So, Connie, do you want to tell us a little bit about the overall scope of the project? The current scope of this project is a 4,075-square-foot single-family home in the city of San Marino, which is in Southern California, just adjacent to Pasadena, if folks need a reference. We're in the San Gabriel Valley, where I grew up. And why San Marino? It's... Oh, it's just such an idyllic neighborhood. As a child, having grown up in San Gabriel, just south of San Marino, we would go trick-or-treating. And as a kid, this was the holiday I looked forward to every year because we would approach these huge homes, gorgeous homes with massive lawns. And best thing yet was that we'd get these king-sized chocolate bars and that was a highlight but as a kid I think it also kind of sparked this interest and curiosity in real real estate because I remember distinctly kind of you know you'd approach the house stick out your bag and say trick-or-treat and but you know I was just as excited about the big candies but also like I would just peek my head in and like think about wow who like these people live here and kind of imagine the lives they lived and always just in awe of the architecture and the the idyllic kind of the houses and kind of just the overall tree-lined streets and neighborhood so it's it's kind of surreal to be renovating this house and soon hopefully moving into it can you share a little bit about how you found the home and and how long the project has has taken you and you know where you are thus far yeah um Funny enough, we currently live in Monrovia and we bought this home as an investment, but also when we decided to make the move to Southern California to be close to my family, we had renovated this home. But living here maybe a month in, maybe two months in, Brian, my husband and I were thinking, okay, well, you know, I think this drive is a little further out from San Gabriel where my family lives and just really wanting to make the commute easy for my mom to get to so she could visit us. We were thinking, okay, well, let's maybe let's try to make our way a little more, a little closer to her. And, And as a realtor, you know, we're constantly looking at homes and I was just so, we were like, let's go look at some real estate and found a home. I think it was probably the second home we looked at and really loved it. We were not pre-approved. So we did everything backward in terms of kind of how we recommend our clients to proceed with the home purchasing process. But we found a home. We really loved it. We got our documents ready, submitted an offer. We didn't get it. Um, And then shortly after, found this one. So this, I think, was the third home. We saw third or fourth home. And just the street. You're an easy client. I'm a very easy (laughs) client. If if I look back on all the homes that we've bought, they were all within the first weekend of actually looking. So, and I always, yeah, or sometimes the first, yep, one of (laughs) five. 
and we've we've probably seen no more than like seven in all scenarios and i always think because as a realtor i see potential in a lot of homes i think ultimately yeah. what drives my deciding factor is the location and i know brian he's a lot more picky so when he can see himself mm. in a home then i'm like okay let's do it because otherwise yeah. i know we can make it what it what we'll want it to be and with this one in particular it is on just a really beautiful tree-lined street and important for us it, it's in walking distance to our kids school so mm -hmm. that was a big one just wanting to bring that lifestyle mm -hmm. back of being able to walk more and walk to walk to and from school drop-offs that's really really exciting what was the home when you first bought it versus what it will be mm. and your envision and maybe how that vision has maybe changed has over shifted. the course of the renovation oh, <laughs> it's changed so many times the embarrassing thing is I remember before we broke ground bringing my mom into the house to see what it yeah. looked like and she's like why are you doing anything to this home it's perfectly livable so and it's funny to think a lot of the charming characters of the home that swayed me yeah. we actually have changed so so it's really kind of we're in that balance of figuring out you know what are the core elements that we really love and want to preserve and then mm -hmm. where are the areas mm -hmm. where we want to add our own spin to it so it's a 1920s monterey colonial which as a reference kind of the house is in the house and father of the bride is a monterey colonial so very kind of traditional in many ways a two-story home with a lot of windows and uh paneled windows where they have the grid so the window panes are a lot smaller which add to that charm the home it it is it's huge and i think what we really wanted to do was be able to capture a lot of natural light because we have mm -hmm. a massive tree i think this is the pro and con of have like have having trees on your street and on your property is they add such beauty to it but they do cover a lot of sunlight and so actually our home yeah. has a lot mm. doesn't have a ton of natural light so we changed out those trees out of there yeah oh gosh so tough <laughs> that's an ongoing conversation we have because they currently still are here but okay. and in southern california it's nice to have more shade because it can get so hot so there's so yeah. many different mm. factors we're taking into consideration but in terms are there of the a lot home, of protected yeah. trees yes oh. in, in in SoCal, especially in San Marino, cities like Pasadena nearby, oak trees are very protected. Any sort of heritage tree, so a, a tree possibly 100 years or older is likely protected. Mm. And actually to get any tree removed, because we've done our research, you actually have to file for a permit and write a, it's not just filing a permit you have to oh write gosh. what you're going to replace the tree with you have to take photos you have to write dimensions of where the tree sits uh, you can't replace what? it with a fruit tree or a citrus tree so there are a lot of things to take into consideration can you just replace it with sunlight <laughs> <laughs> and like not replace it is that a thing no. <laughs> Wow. Nope. Wow. To think it, of that at San the Marino. San Marino a City Hall, there's someone, their job is to approve the tree, remove, like there's a stamp tree. Yeah. Yes, tree. And no. <laughs> I see the benefit because I think that's what makes San Marino so special is mm. all the trees that the city yeah. is surrounded by. So I, it's, it's a, a love-hate relationship in that sense where they do make it really tough, but I think yeah. overall the, the beauty it captures is really important. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking yeah. of that person stamping approvals on the trees at City Hall, tell us a little bit about navigating San Marino City Hall. Mm. Well, I thought San Francisco was strict and especially, <laughs> you know, working with our clients and having done some renovations in San Francisco, you hear of the permitting process taking a long time just to get permits to do a renovation it can take six months upwards. Mm -hmm. In San Marino, you can get permits rather quickly, but so long as you follow their rules and anytime you deviate outside of their code, you have to go what's through what's called the design review committee and that can be very long. And mm. they are so detailed to what you can and cannot do and almost everything needs a permit. So things mm -hmm. like putting a gate on your home, you need a permit for. To do any sort of renovations to your pool, you need a permit. To change out your windows, you need a permit. So it's not so much the doing it, although I think that is one sort of obstacle. It's just everything you need to go through the process. And what folks may not know is permits, they cost at least a couple hundred dollars each time. And, and sometimes it goes up depending on the actual work you're doing. And so it's a lot of costs. And for some of the permits that I pulled, because I wanted to learn that, they there's one person that they outsource outside of the city. And it's a third-party company that reviews the plans after you've already gotten them okayed by the city planner. You then meet with sort of the engineer that they've outsourced. And there are only like seven or eight slots. And they're there once a week, every Tuesdays from, I think, it's 11 to 1 o'clock. But in order to get a slot, you have to show up when they open so you can get a secured spot. And I remember they open at 7. I showed up at wow. 6.45 on a Tuesday and I sat outside until they opened the door to ensure my name was going to go on. Because we had waited so long to, you know, just get our plans to get to that place where we can even get the engineer to look at that. It's just every, every milestone is, is, a big, is a big thing. Every step is a big milestone. Yeah. Not to dwell on some of these, the pitfalls and some of the challenges, but what, what has been some of the, the biggest challenges along the way? Yeah, I will say the emotional toll renovating a home, any, you know, any scale, because I think back to some of the other renovations we've done, Brian and I, we've done, you know, a kitchen remodel in one home. We did our backyard renovation. And, you know, it almost doesn't even matter the size. It's just the length of the project is so much longer because those have all been stressful. And I think the emotional toll that you undertake while doing a renovation, it's, it's mm. a lot. And I remember at the beginning, there was so much excitement. And then once you begin and you're in it, it's so stressful and we are at the tail end where we have about three weeks left before our move-in date which I haven't even booked movers because I'm so scared there still might be some delays that you know will pop out which I wouldn't be surprised of but the lack of sleep I will go to sleep and wake up and have just my subconscious thinking about everything that's going on mm -hmm. from the tiles to you know do we have enough tiles what, about our tile choice mm -hmm. what did, you know what did our contractor say oh you know we're having tension with our contractor just all these things that add up mm -hmm. and it's so much of it is out of your control so much of the stress you you're absorbing and the ramifications of that kind of interplaying with your relationship so mm -hmm. you know i have heard of 
divorces happening as a result of some stressful renovations. And I'm not surprised because Brian and I, while we are each other's rock, we can't help but, you know, take our stress out on each other because we're the immediate person, the closest person we're next to. And, and it is tough. Like a lot of our conversations become very tactical you know, tactile about, you know, all the things we need to get done, mm-hmm. all the decisions we need to make, all the venting we have, you know, to let out and we are each other's kind of absorption, you know. So I will say I'm looking forward to this being done so Brian and I can talk about other things outside of this renovation and just for our, for good sleep, although I'm sure it'll be, we'll have new challenges, you know, that yeah. will then be keeping us up in the middle of the night. It's just, it's a full-time job on top of both of your full-time jobs. (laughs) It is a full-time job. And I, I know it's been all consuming for me. I know it's been Mm -hmm. a real stressful balance of just being able to dedicate time to making the decisions because so many decisions have to be made in a timely manner otherwise you're going to hold up your project and the amount of decisions you have to make is overwhelming the amount of things you just have to keep on top of and make sure so and so is showing up you've placed this order you've done this you've communicated with this party because that will trigger the next party and yeah it's all consuming and i know it's definitely taking a toll on just the uh, mental capacity I have for everything I'm holding with work, mm-hmm. personal life, you know, everything mm-hmm. like that. One major challenge we had was our first GC that we hired and who I, you know, I had so much hope for and I, I think he's really great. I know with our project, it was his biggest undertaking. I mean, mm-hmm. to do a, a single family home, 4,000 square feet down to the studs essentially is what we brought the home to, which means for folks who don't know, because I didn't really know what down to the studs meant or look like, I've only heard of the term as a realtor. It's really where you just see the framing, like, you know, certain wooden planks and then everything is open. And he was great in many ways, but his communication was really tough. He would overpromise and underdeliver, and he just, it was apparent when he let a lot of things slip that he just didn't have the experience to really carry this mm-hmm. through in confidence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you are working in such high stakes environment where time and money, you know, is constantly ticking, having that confidence in your GC is crucial. So letting him go was a big hurdle because you have to then negotiate, okay, what are you going to finish? What are you going to pay out? All of the mechanics of that, but then also kind of bringing someone on to carry it through and kind of keeping that morale up. And and we had so much hope in our second GC. And even then there were some, I think we almost had too much, you know, too high of hopes that when we started working with the second one and kind of felt some of the communication not as strong as well, then it was like, oh, did we make the right decision? But Mm -hmm. I think... It's important for folks to know that with general contractors and a lot of vendors in general, and we tell our, our clients this and in hearing their feedback and experience, it's not always going to be a great experience with your contractor. I don't think it ever is really. That seems to be the consensus. And I think that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. There, There's a saying that you can have two of three things when doing any renovation, and that's quality, cheap, and fast. <laughs> And in this project, I was hoping for yeah, I don't know, all three, but 
<laughs> but in going back, I know because we hired a contractor that I knew was slightly less experienced, I was hoping that would make up for it, you know, in costs. We would be saving and I would just hopefully coach and, you know, be on top of it. That was my mm-hmm. mentality. But, you know, if I know that you get what you pay for and I think certainly f- I would have forked up the money much earlier had mm-hmm. I known. Because yeah. it does save you even more money down the line. If you were to boil down into a couple of golden nuggets for folks about best practices when it comes to building out your team and also even to decide to manage the project yourself versus Mm -hmm. delegating that out, hiring that out. What are some things that you would say are are good lessons learned, Mm -hmm. good golden nuggets around building that team? Yeah. I would say two things come to mind. One is to bring in good people at the beginning. And our project scope started with, oh, we're just going to renovate the kitchen and our bathrooms, and that's it. But, of course, as you open things up, we're like, oh, well, why don't, since we're opening up these walls, let's update the plumbing. Oh, let's let's then update the electrical. And then it can spiral. So I think really bringing in good people can actually have you create a master plan or sort of, you know, your overall goal and really hone in where best to spend your time, energy, and money. So I had the thinking, given our scale, I thought was going to be much smaller, that I would project manage everything. And I realized, okay, this is a full-time job. And also when we, I was picking up on some of the nuances of our contractor knowing, okay, we need someone to manage him, really, is when I started looking into hiring a project manager and interviewed a couple designers to help kind of finesse a lot of the details because the while I, I love design and I have a vision, there are so many little decisions that you need to make in relation to that that I just didn't, I know I didn't know and know I didn't want to make those decisions because I might make them, you know, wrong or might not have thought of something. So I brought in a designer to help finesse a lot of his little details while carrying the big picture and also just being able to bounce those ideas with is really crucial and then mm. also hired her to project manage and really be the point of contact for our, our contractor and if I could do it all over again I would have hired her way early on I she probably would have been my first hire because she's so mm. great shout out to Kiki of Kiki Design Studio and I've already re- recommended her to a number of folks um, she and her assistant Melissa are so great because one, you just know there's that trust there, that they have the same vision. So finding someone, I think this is akin to finding your realtor, really is that person you can trust with all things in relations to what you your hopes and dreams are, but also who will carry this forward for you and can be your sounding board and someone you can vent to. I know Brian has loved to venting to her. Yeah, that's huge. And that project management piece. I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about that in renovations because it is an added cost. I think a lot mm. of times people think their contractor will project manage, but mm. it's really important for people to know that contractors, I think some really skilled ones are project managers or their firms have a dedicated project manager. So you do pay for what you get. But if you don't, I think having someone who's going to really drive that is crucial because it's contractors are not... No, are not known to be the best communicators. They're not known to be the best administrators. You know, they're they're good for doing the work and having their team of people to carry on the work. But really, having someone to be able to communicate to 
ensure things are moving accordingly and to sort of be that middle person is really, really crucial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some other things I think I know one thing, this is just a very practical one for kind of any renovation, big or small, is I was just trying to be cheap and save on ordering extra tiles. And I've always heard, you want to order, you know, 10% more. And I was like, no, my crew, they're going to be good. We're going to use just enough. (laughs) And of course, we were short on tiles for a couple of the bathrooms and I've made a lot of we've made a lot of extra trips to the the our tile supplier because I didn't order that extra and and you know I was trying to be cheap but that definitely cost me in the long term because you have to factor in those additional like trips out mm-hmm. pricing has gone up since I last ordered the tile so I, you know I should have mm. just done it earlier I'm curious to know con about expansion of the scope from initially that kitchen Mm. and bath to what it is now. And I know that that's something to be expected for a lot of folks, but just talk us through a little bit about that thought process and what your boundaries were, what your and Brian's boundaries were when it came to making the decision to ultimately go big or go home Mm -hmm. or you know, stay in that same kind of like smaller renovation scope that you were initially thinking about it was tough i rewind back to i think we closed on our home last november or so and thinking okay i just you know i want to you know break ground right as we close escrow so that we are not carrying double mortgages you know moving as quick as possible and i think that is probably one big mistake on my end because I think we didn't really think through our plan in full. I think I was almost too confident having done a few renovations in the past that I was like, you know, we've got this. And so I think with our scope, it was just, you always hear of, okay, once you have the walls open, it's cheaper to do everything at that time so it was really factoring okay well we might as well go big you know do it Mm -hmm. all now because we'll save money in down the road and also everything sounds nice when you're upgrading of course we want newer plumbing oh of course we want newer electrical we don't want knob and tube might as well take that out so you're and when you are when the walls are open and they're asking you to make this decision it's not Mm -hmm. like you have a lot of time to sit and think on it so it's just like oh yes yes and it just keeps adding up And I think we got to a point where when we hired our new GC and we really factored all the different costs and kind of where we were with our budget, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, we need to rein it in because things are, you know, it was almost like money was just going left and right. And Mm -hmm. so, and the second contractor was significantly more than our first. And that was a big pill to swallow. And, And I remember thinking, you know, wow. What did we get ourselves into? I'm sure we've thought that so many times because you're just so in it. You're Mm -hmm. knee deep that you're just like in it and you keep going. And the only way to get through it is to just keep moving forward. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, if I dwell on, wow, what did we get ourselves into? This is, you know, are we going to make it? Then it can be a really tough situation to be in. But I think back to our renovation that we were going to start on our Rockridge home in Oakland, where... Our contractor design team, or actually our design architect team, Grant and Mai are also our clients who are dear friends. 
they, we approached them, we were going to do a big remodel on that house and we approached them saying, you know, we just want to renovate our kitchen. That's how it always starts. It's just that one room you want to renovate. And they were, they did something that was, yeah, they did something that was super valuable where they were like, we'll renovate your kitchen, but let's, let's take a step back and create your kind of your master plan. If all the things you want to get done, let's put that on paper so that you can assess what mm-hmm. those costs are going to be like and then how to prioritize. So at least it's all put out there. And hmm. I really do see the value in that. Although it was actually in getting the cost of that build out that prevented us from moving forward. So maybe <laughs> I think if if we were to create a master plan with our home in San Marino, I don't know if we would have moved forward with it because it then becomes so hmm. big. So, you know, I do see trade-offs in starting small and then let, letting it grow. But of course, you know, there, there are trade-offs to both because I'm mm. sure we could have saved a lot of cost and time had we first come up with a big plan and then worked that way versus mm-hmm. uh, start little and then all these big things are getting thrown at us. Let's talk about budget and time because I know that a lot of times it's like have your budget, have your timetable, and then double mm. it and then triple it. Mm. And then you'll have an actual accurate estimation of what you may be able to get away with what was your experience with that yeah what was our budget yep i well that's true we i think we have doubled our budget from what we initially thought we were going to start off with and it's been doubled i'm sure it's you know we've added a little more to that because the scope then also expanded and we've had to get creative with our financing I will say that. And there are times where it's been really tight and stretched. And I was sharing in our team meeting yesterday about Aaron on our team asked for some budgeting hacks in our day to day. And I I shared, you know, when there are times I think about wanting to go pick up a coffee from a cafe or a boba, I think, no, let's save this $5 for the renovation. That's Although a handle. I know. That's a that's like half of a, a knob on the, on one drawer. So, so, and sometimes I'm like, no, I need it to get me through this renovation. So you have to really pick your battles and when, when to give and take. I think I try to remind myself that we're in a really fortunate position where we have the means mm-hmm. and we've really are, I mean, we're really leveraging our means and there are times where it feels really tight and also like, wow, what are, what did we get ourselves into? Is this the right decision? But seeing that it will pay off and I, mm-hmm. This is the funny thing, and I think our clients can relate to this, is Brian and myself too, we will constantly look at real estate and for reassurance that we are doing the right thing and investing in our own property, we will continue to look at real at houses in the neighborhood and you see where they're selling the ones that are renovated and the ones that are not. And that actually is giving us a lot of confidence, like, okay, for our home, it makes sense to put money into it and to renovate it because... Mm-hmm. Also in our neighborhood with a lot of these homes built in the early 1900s, they're not renovated and mm. you can see the distinct value in the ones that are. And to have a Are home. you still going to open houses? <laughs> Once in a while, yeah. Actually, just a couple weekends ago, I was touring for a client and then there was a home that we saw a sign for a few blocks from our house and I really didn't want to go in because, you know, that's work too and Brian was like, no, let's just go in. And I'm so grateful we did because it's really helpful to see. We were kind of being those nosy neighbors of like, what else is in your neighborhood? And really It's expected. You're you're allowed to do that. So Connie, I'm curious, what 
have you learned about yourself through this process, through this renovation process? And if you have changed because, because of it? Oh, yeah. I've learned that a lot of going through a renovation is a test of your character, your patience, your stress levels. And fortunately, I think a lot of handling it is similarly to our job as realtors, as business leaders and business owners is kind of keeping expectations at bay and also learning how to just problem solve. I think it's not mm-hmm. uncommon that, especially we're in the last month, where almost every day we are getting news of something not going as expected. We're either short of tiles, there's a delay from our cabinet maker, something slightly off, something is... Just yesterday, we found out our plumbing and our light fixtures were installed just like two inches too much to the right, you know? That... None of this is new news to me because in our day-to-day, there's always something that we're trying to solve, a new puzzle or a fire to put out. And keeping calm under fire, I think, is the best way to go about it and just following it in that intuition and gut to just problem solve and focus on that Mm -hmm. instead of the actual problem because Mm. um, that can really wear you down. And so I've certainly become much more resilient and creative in my thinking. My capacity for holding stress has expanded more than I thought it could. And I'm really hopeful that I will learn once this is done to just be and enjoy. And I'm going to put you to the to the test. If you hear me wanting to take on another project anytime in the near future to please stop me because I know that is my natural inclination is like, okay, well, oh gosh, what we have nothing What's else next? to do now. What's our next thing? And I'm going to really lean on you too to be like, Connie, I, oh, let's take a pause there. <laughs> yeah, because it is fun. Do. I mean, it's so stressful, but it's also really fun. And yeah. I think that's the joy of it is you get to see the result of what you've put mm-hmm. in. Yeah. I have a, a question. I, hopefully it's a, it's a fun question. So paint us through the, the vision. Like, yeah. what is that moment in three months, six months, or it, whatever timeline where you're sitting there in the backyard or in the house, whatever it is, of like, this was all worth it. What does that yeah. feel like? What does that look like? What does that... Sh- yeah. Let us share in that moment. I hope it comes sooner than... than- than three, six months. Hopefully it'll be next month. Yeah, I didn't know which timeline to use when I started that. I was like, should I say three weeks? I'm hoping it's just going to be like us lounging on our couch, seeing the interaction of whoever's in the kitchen, cooking and being able to have that cross interaction and running out in the backyard when when it's warm again. It still is pretty warm. Being out in the pool, which we, you know, that was another scope expansion of remodeling our pool. So just kind of having our house full of people, of a lot of laughter, Mm -hmm. some music, candles. Really, I think the vehicle, this home, this new home is going to be the vehicle just to have more people over because it's so big in size that that's what I'm really looking forward to. And having you guys come visit, having meals with more folks and just being able to host and entertain and i think 
with a lot of homes Brian and I have bought together, it's always been with the idea of like, okay, how can this serve its purpose to to host mm-hmm. or you know to entertain? Mm-hmm. And all of yeah. the priorities in our in our renovations have always been about you know, will this fit you know a table of X amount of people, and can mm-hmm. we have a room to host people when they're visiting out of town? So, yeah. just really being able to provide for others in that way is what I'm really really excited about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm. I'm excited for you to be able to do is on Halloween to open the front mm. door of your home and see some young person from San Gabriel walking up saying trick or treat and you handed them that big old king size <laughs> Kit Kat. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're at now. That'll yeah. be a special moment, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm... Gotta stock up. <laughs> Costco. <laughs> Costco. Yeah. And I have to remind myself in all the stressful times, like to pinch myself because this really is a dream and to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a wonderful moment. I think these are the things that truly, like you were saying, define who you are define your character going through these kinds of projects that are huge life milestones that really punctuate what our lives are right i think that this renovation through all the stress through all of the pivots through all of these things are really defining your life and your story and and your character and and i love that it's great well thank you both for being part of my journey and hearing all the fun roller coaster moments this past year has brought. Yeah, congratulations to you, Brian, and your family. What a big milestone. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. Almost there. And yes, that's the end of another episode of The Thoughtful Realtor. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at willomar.com or Instagram at willomar underscore underscore. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We read every comment, so please share the love. And if you have friends going through a renovation, exploring or thinking about undergoing one, feel free to share this episode. Let us know what you think. And until then, next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.